0: Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keene, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message, that it's gonna really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. comes preachers. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Everybody online, welcome to church. Everybody at home, (laughs) welcome to church. So good to have you here, everyone. And uh, we're right in the middle of one of the most important series that I think you can do in uh, the Word of God from the Word of God, which is talking about your ministry in the body of Christ. And so I've been teaching on your kingdom purpose in God's house. We'll be heading to your kingdom purpose outside of the house. But we've got to realize Romans 12 and the Bible's teaching us over and over again that we're part of a body. It's the body of Christ. Every joint supplying, ministering to one another. And as we do, and as we build God's house, then together we release uh, one another to do what God's called us to do out in the community. Hello, And then not, not just in our own city, but now around the world. Uh, in Jesus' name. So it's very, very exciting days and I'm excited for all that God is going to do in and through your life. Hello, in and through your life. If you're not under any attack, you're probably not doing much because the moment you start getting near, hello, the target for your life, you'll get a bit of flack. So you start getting near the target for what God has for you, get ready to have a bit of flack. The enemy leaves people alone who aren't a problem to his kingdom. But those of us who are a problem will have a few challenges. But we're up for the deal. We're up for the battle. Who's up for it? I'm up for the fight. (laughs) We're up for it. So let me just pray for you, everybody. Why don't you just, if you want to reach your hands out to the Lord, I'm just going to pray over your life. You don't have to, but if you'd like to. Father, I just pray for everybody right now. Just pray, Lord, your hand over their life, your hand on their life. Father, I just pray, Lord, that, Father, we would move, Lord, from just knowing about you to knowing you. And then, Father, walking with you day by day. And then, Father, walking into your kingdom purpose in your house. Father, I thank you for something for us to do in the house. Then, Lord, you've gifted us and called us also to minister out into the community and the city. So, Father, I pray anoint everybody. Give everybody new eyes, new wisdom, revelation that they might see their part, Father, in your house. Then out of your house, and Lord, together we might be an incredibly effective tool that you use to bless this city, this state, this nation. In fact, and Lord, the nations of the world. But we just do pray again, Father, for Germany this morning. Our church up there, our church in Melbourne, Father, our church in Zambia. We just pray, Father, bless them all, anoint the leaders, anoint the teams, fill them with faith. And Lord, we just expect miracles right now in Melbourne, in Hamburg, Germany, in Lusaka, Zambia. We expect miracles. They are in miracle territory. We are in miracle territory. And we just give you praise. We give you honour and we give you thanks for all that you will do. In Jesus mighty name and everybody who agreed with that prayer said. Come on, we can do it with a bigger amen. Everybody said. Come on, give the Lord a great hand, everybody. Give the Lord a great hand. I was only really going to try and do Louisa's Chihu, but I can't do it, Louisa. It's not very good. No. I love that. I won't get you to do it. It's not going to go well. (laughs) Why don't you just give somebody near you an elbow shake or a handshake or whatever, and you can grab your seats, everybody. So good. Hang on, team. Just stop one second. Team, team, team. We really appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you all. Thanks for all you do. Amen. All right. Well, I got a message this morning, and I'm going to show you photos next week. But Pastor Genya has come back to me after we gave, was it $13,500 to the Ukraine? Yeah. So in case you didn't know, and everybody online, uh, we raised 13500 for the Ukraine. And I've got a message in today. Let me just read it to you. We'll show you photos next week. But he says, uh, through that giving, we've been able to get money to churches on the ground. He said in Kharkiv, one of the most bombed, bartered city. They've actually helped f- send finance over there from what we have given. And he says we were able to um, help evacuate people from really dangerous areas and, uh, and get them going. He said we were able to cover emergency needs such as people who stayed, gas, food, medicine supplies, mattresses towels, hygiene supplies as people were literally running from the war with nothing. He said, we have also been able to help evacuate the Father's Care Orphanage from Kiev, uh, which they've had a long-term relationship with. This orphanage and the leaders, they've evacuated them now through Poland and into Germany. And uh, our finance has gone to help these churches in Kiev, where the pastors are still on the ground trying to help people who are still in the city. Schemans Kiev, Good News Kiev, Victory Uzgarod, Victory, Kherson, Light of Life, Poltava, Hope for the Nations, Kiev, Word of Life, Zafazi, and Good News, Sumi, who are the pastors are still on the ground helping their people. And, uh, and Jenya said our finances is going to help all those ministry areas. Let's give the Lord a great hand, area. Let's give the Lord a great hand. And a huge thank you to you and uh, for your giving, your sacrificing and stepping up because literally it's helping people. And he sent photos through, which we'll show you next uh, Sunday, uh, which will be great. So well done, everybody. We're doing something great together in Jesus' name. Do be praying for our campuses right now and uh, everybody at home as well. Be praying for Germany and Zambia and Melbourne right now because uh, we're declaring over all of Global Heart Church we're in miracle territory. And uh, our church in, around the world is seeing miracles, and I was very blessed with uh, Pastor Matthias telling me that a girl has come from war-torn Ukraine to our church in Hamburg, and she's arrived, and here am I talking about Kingdom Purpose, and she's come in and said to Pastor Matthias, how can I help? So she's literally come from the fighting and everything that's happening there, comes into our church and says, how can I help? Where can I serve? How can I be a blessing? And you're like, you know, and Matthias said to me, uh, well, really, we need some Western Christians who kind of get that, who haven't come from war-torn areas. He said, because this girl's come straight in and she's like, what can I do to help uh, in God's house? Isn't that absolutely awesome? So we just need to thank God for that kind of heart and spirit because she's challenging all of us. So imagine she's got every reason to sit down like so many of us, but instead she's got up and said, no, I'm here. And Matias said he was really blessed to look over and see her in the worship, you know, just really gratefully worshiping God. Everybody be careful. It's very easy for us to get, um, you know, familiar with God's house and God's kingdom and we lose our gratefulness and, uh, and he said to me, here am I being inspired by the gratefulness of somebody who's just walked off the battlefield, um, who's in God's house with gratefulness, and then says, how can I help? Would to God every Christian was like that Ukrainian girl coming from the war who said, how can I help God's house? Because God's house around the world would go forward if we all had that heart and that spirit. And as I said, every reason to sit down. So we need to say, Lord, help us to get up and do what we're called to do. You know, you've got a great kingdom purpose, everyone, and uh, you have got a part to play in the building of God's house. I'm I'm talking about the first part of your kingdom purpose, and I've been talking about that for a few weeks now, and uh, I will head soon into talking about your kingdom purpose out in the community, out in the city, out in the nations, maybe. But uh, we have a great... Purpose in God's house, and the Bible talks about every joint supplying. Everybody's meant to be supplying, and the Bible uses the analogy of the human body. So, the way the body moves, this is how the church is meant to move. But if you are not supplying and there's no blood flow through you, there's no spiritual flow through you, you can be causing the body to be slowed down to have actual spiritual necrosis, which means there's a dying off in a part of the body because there's no blood flow because we're actually not in community with the rest of the body of Christ. And so you heard me say it already, I've been saved 41 years this year as a Christian and as a pastor, I'm in my 34th year. But when I travel around the world, I meet Christians wherever I go and many times I'll say, hey, what are you doing? What's your kingdom purpose in the house of God? What's your kingdom purpose out of the house? And they usually say the same thing. Ah! (laughs) Oh, here's what they say. I'm praying about it. And I go, how long have you been saved? They go, 20 years. And I go, what? And they look at me as if I'm crazy. No, I'm biblical. (laughs) Because you're meant to work out, and Romans 12 talks about these grace gifts, giving, serving, liberality, prophetic, teaching, all these gifts that God has given you to bring to us. I love when Louisa gets up this morning. She just brings faith and expectation. And like she's sowing and ministering to you, even as she ministers to the Lord. But all of us are meant to be bringing something. And, and, and in God's house, I've discovered usually it changes over the years due to your age, your maturity as a Christian, your, uh, you know, your level of responsibility. There's a word. And all those things, you begin to change, and God begins to move you on this incredible journey into His great purpose. And if you're, if you're saying, hey, well, I can't do that now due to something's happening in your life, I can't be involved in anything, uh, whatever, listen, you can be a great intercessor. Just let the team know, I right now, I'm stuck at home for various reasons or whatever, but I'm on the prayer team. What can I pray for? There's something everybody can do, but if... If, it, if As I said last week, if everybody copies you, what happens to the church? So when everybody gets up and is serving in their kingdom purpose, the church is like this. It's a body going forward. Now, if everybody was to copy your giving, as Jordi just said, your serving, and what you're doing, would the body go forward or would we go like this? What you put into God's house, into people, into his house, do, do we go like this if we all copy you? Or do we go and we move forward together, the body of Christ? Spiritual flow. Hello, what's that? Blood flow. The body's moving. Or do we grind to a halt if we copy your service to the house and to the rest of the body of Christ where God has placed you? Think about that. We all have to ask ourselves the question, should Christians follow me? Because the Bible says you're an ambassador for Christ. It says you're an ambassador for Christ and we are here to bring reconciliation to the world. It doesn't say Pastor Izzy is the only ambassador for Christ. Um, you know, uh, Pastor Luke is the only one that I have over there who's an amb- ambassador. No, the Bible says we're all ambassadors. And uh, as an ambassador, that means when you wake up in the morning, you need to get out of bed going, my day starts, I'm an ambassador today. And by the way, your job is not first out in the world, by the way. You're a Christian first. Ooh. we just get that around the right way. Some people wake up and go, hey, I'm a doctor. No, you're a Christian. Hey, I'm a school teacher. No, you're a Christian ambassador who just happens to be gifted by God. To be a teacher. So we need to get out of bed with a sense of great dignity, great value, and great honor for what God's placed in our lives, and great dignity and honor to use that in God's house, but also great humility. Because the church goes forward depending on what you and I do. Should we follow you? Should we copy you? Should other people model their service in the kingdom on you? If we all do what you do, where's the church in the future? If we all do right now what you do as a Christian, where will the church be in the future? And one Corinthians fifteen forty-six, the most unfavorite scripture for most Christians. The Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. First the natural, then the spiritual. First the natural, then. The spiritual. The Bible doesn't say, hey, first spiritual. Why does God not have the spiritual first? Because He knows we go weird. He knows we go weird, because spirit and emotion are close. Spirit and emotion are very close. So God says, do first the natural, the practical, and I'll add in the anointing and the spirit as you go, and then it will be healthy and blessed, but not weird. I discover we like to escape into the spirit realm when we don't really want to serve and be practical or we really don't want to deal with our character. And that's another story for year three in the Bible College. So sign up and I'll take you there. But we want to escape that when, in fact, what God wants to do is He wants to use us and develop us, but it's first the natural. So if we're not paying attention to what the Bible says, and the whole New Testament, by the way, is really, it's about the church, and then it's about the church going out to the lost. It's about the church, what happens in the church, our role in the church, how the body works, and then going out to the lost. A lot of people don't get that. They're like, they miss somehow, they miss that's what it's about. No, no, it's about the church. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I will build your job and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus didn't say, I will build your business and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No, he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Even as the enemy pushes against it, God says, I'll still work it. I'll still work it. I'll still work it. So what we've discovered is Matthew 6.33, seek your first kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Seek your first kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6, God is saying, if you build my house, I'll build yours. If you build my house, I'll build yours. And we are so seeing that right now in our church around the world. But in Zambia, we're so seeing it. As our church there have realized, put your hand to the plow, be responsible, carry God's house. I'm not there in Zambia all the time. Our team's there, right? We need to carry this. Now they're seeing God's blessing, God's favor. But they're knowing the Lord at a new level, a deeper level, and it's an incredible thing that's happening because they're walking in their kingdom purpose. Walk in kingdom purpose, and you watch what God does. And then you watch my and Sue's compassion child, Justin, who stepped up, sponsored him at his six years old, and he's just been in church trying to build church, and then he's just bought the land for us in Zambia at half the price. Why? Kingdom purpose... Kingdom sacrifice, and he goes, I'm here to, this is what he said to me on the phone, he said, I'm here to be a resource for the kingdom, Dad. I was like, you're going to go a long way, because he's got it. He was a sponsored child, sponsored at six in, after the genocide, now he's like, I'm here to be a kingdom resource, Dad. What a great thing to say. I was like, man, that is brilliant. That's what we're all called to be, as a kingdom resource. Everybody, it's far better to have God's approval than the world's applause, Far better for you to have God's approval than the world's applause. One more time. It's far better for you to have God's approval than the world's applause. I'm not worried about what other people think. I'm worried about God's approval. Is the Lord saying, yes, this is what you're meant to be doing? Is this honouring Christ? Is this honouring God? And so I want to encourage you, don't be seeking man's applause. Just seek the Lord's approval. And can I encourage you, do not put your job or career out in the world in front of your walk and calling with God. I don't care what you do, business, whatever you do. No, 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 no. That'll go wrong. You need to make sure that you put Christ squarely in front. Whether you're whoever you are, the premier of the state, you're a Christian, you're a Christian first. Don't let the world dictate what you should be doing. You listen to the Lord and say, Lord, what should I be doing? If you're a president or a prime minister, whatever you are, Lord, what should I be doing? And he will say, well, as a Christian, pay attention to my body because I've called you firstly there, every joint supplying, supply what I've anointed you to supply to my house in Jesus' name. Everybody online, everybody at home, you have something incredible to bring Everybody in church this morning, you have something incredible to bring. You are valuable. It is valuable. Let's all give it due dignity in Jesus' name. You know, in Nehemiah chapter 3, everybody, um, it talks about in Nehemiah how, uh, you know, Jerusalem was sacked. It was destroyed. And uh, God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of the city. And really, if you like a spiritual picture, that's like our life being rebuilt. That can be like a family being rebuilt. That can be like a, a, a church being built. Is that everybody is called to play a part in the rebuilding of the city walls? In Nehemiah 3:28, it says, "Above the horse gate, the priests carried out repairs, each in front of his house." Bible reminds us that the priests in the Old Testament, by the way, would minister first to God, then the people. They minister first to God, then the people. Guess what? You're called to do. You're a living stone. He's the chief cornerstone. The Bible says we are all living stones built on the chief cornerstone, God's house, all ministering, and we are called, hello, we are called to minister to the Lord first, then the people. You are called to minister to the Lord, then the people. We're just going to ask what is our place of ministry in the house as we go along, which I'll touch on in a minute. But the Bible reminds us to repair our own house first. Just have a think, everybody, about your own house, your own life, um, you know, your own family. What can you be adding in there? What does God want us to look at that would help minister first at home before we minister out in the community? We get our priorities wrong when we're kind of like focused everywhere, but we're not focused first with our our home, our family, ourselves, and uh, and then... Caring for the house of God in Jesus' name. So just look at your priorities and say, Lord, help me there. And it talks about repairs. Sometimes uh, we've got to think about what that might mean for us. What's a repair? Maybe that's rebuilding a relationship that we kind of somehow have lost or you know uh, or hurt. And and other. Also, we need to know sometimes. There's some boundaries that we need to do to repair your life. The Lord has said to me over times, you need to let that relationship go. I'm trying to get involved in something that's only going to hurt me and, and possibly hurt them. So sometimes you've got to have a boundary and say, okay, did my best, but i got to leave that now and pray for somebody. It doesn't mean that I spend my life trying to make something work that is only causing pain to me and possibly to them. You know, um, uh, God has a great way, everybody, of using broken people. Hurting people, wounded people, bleeding people, suffering people. So I say that to say this, don't wait till you're perfect to let God use you. Don't wait till you're perfect or you feel like I'm totally good now to let God use you. God will use us and heal us as we go. Now that doesn't mean, you know, obviously you're, you know, when you're really wounded and broken that, you know, you should be doing some big ministry thing. No, 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 it's a level of ministry right now in accordance with really where you're at in your healing. And so, but it doesn't mean that God can't use you and doesn't want to use you. He's just looking for humble people and God will use us when we're suffering. And so I want to just encourage you with that too because sometimes people are waiting till they're perfect, waiting till I've got time. And if you heard me talk about that, You know, what we give our time to is what we worship. What we worship changes us. What you worship changes you. What you give your time to. Whoever's got your diary, (laughs) whoever makes out your diary, that's that's who you worship. Our diary should be open. and say We're saying to God monthly, hey, Lord, what do you want me to do? Yearly, what am I doing? I'm doing what God wants me to do because He took over my diary in about 1981. (laughs) But... (laughs) Hang on, let me tell the truth. He took over my diary about 88. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of was, you know, hedging my bets up until then. And uh, But 88, I was kind of like, okay, Lord, here we go. Let's do it your way. And God got my diary. And so who's got your diary is who you worship. By the way, parents, we're not meant to worship our children. We're meant to worship God. We're meant to love your children, but worship God. And if you love your children, ooh, will I go there? I'm on a roll. <laughs> if you love your children, you'll be more in love with them knowing and walking in God's plan than them loving you. Some of us, we still, we're so focused on them loving us. What can I do that makes you just love me? That's not real love. I was more interested in the boys loving God, knowing God and being in His purpose. So that would mean at times there would be tension as a parent because I'm having to lead and land love, but lead and love, but lead when they were not necessarily always wanting to head in that direction. But I loved them more than them loving me. And real love means that you'll be doing everything that preps them for God's house, right? And now, you know, I love it because our boys love you. They love God's house. In actual fact, here's what we're meant to have parents is not that we're just getting our children to church, but our children become the church, you've become the church, and then your children love and have an obligation to the family of God. That is really healthy. So when the devil goes to attack, it's hard if your kids are in their kingdom purpose as they get older, then they're in their purpose out in the community, and then they're in God's house loving you and being loved. It's very hard for the enemy to really slip in the door in a big way. He struggles to get in the door. So I want to encourage other parents, set your children up for blessing and uh, do it when you're imperfect in Jesus' name. Faith and service start at home, but then they overflow into the house of God. You know, Nehemiah 13, it's asked the question, talking about the rebuilding of Jerusalem and its walls. Um, In Nehemiah 13, it says here, Nehemiah says, So I reprimanded the officials and said, Why has the house of God been neglected? And I gathered them together and stationed them at their post. All Judah then brought the tithe of the grain, wine, and oil into the storehouses. Interesting that he goes go straight from the comment about neglect, and then they're getting themselves right in the area of their tithe. Did you notice that? As soon as he says, hey, why are you neglecting God's house? And then the Bible says in Nehemiah, then they suddenly got their tithe right. You can tell when somebody's getting right with God, they've got their tithing right. That principle they're now employing, and and the Scripture says in Malachi, you return to God through your tithe. Amazing revelation. But he's saying here, why has God been neglecting the house? I'm just going to throw out to everybody, why are you neglecting God's house? Why are you neglecting God's house? He's asking the question, and I'm going to ask it as well. Why are you neglecting God's house? Because if you want to be fulfilled in your life, and by the way, you deserve to be fulfilled, then you will understand that you are important here. You're important in our church. You're important in God's plan here. You are important. Can I suggest that some of you aren't seeing, can I, I'm just suggesting, just a suggestion, that the reason you're not involved in God's house is actually, you're actually operating in self-sabotage. You're actually sabotaging your fulfillment and you're telling God, I'm not really worthy of you and it looks like you're not really, I don't want to be involved and I'm kind of above everything. I'm above church, I'm above it, I'm at a new level but really you're not, it's actually self-sabotage. There's something that's in us that tells us, I won't get involved for various reasons, but at the bottom of those reasons, I'm sabotaging my life. And then people will shrink out of churches, they'll shrink away, then they're gonna find a group of people who've also shrunk away, and then they're all together self-sabotaging together with a coffee (laughs) and a cake. And now we've got this group of small self sabotagers, rather than people who realize, hang on a minute, Lord, I give you my self-sabotage. I don't know if many of you ever saw me, I said a lot of people have got an invisible button on the right-hand side of them that is a sabotage button. Can I encourage you to get your hand off the button and say, I'm worthy of being fulfilled in God's house. I'm worthy of playing my part in God's house. I'm a valuable part of God's house. And then let God bless you and begin to use you in the body of Christ, then outside of the body of Christ. Otherwise, you find all the other self-sabotages at Christian groups, sitting around with coffee. What cake are we having? I don't know. What cake do they have? (laughs) Coconut. I was going to say fruit and nut. I don't know. (laughs) Where really what it's about is self-sabotage. And how do I know that? It's because I could have that. I could be absolutely self-sabotaging and so could many people who come from broken backgrounds. But what I realize is the enemy's after my fulfillment and the blessing of me and my family, but he's also after the blessing of being used by God to be a blessing. The enemy's after the blessing that you will experience being used by God, being in the family, the team. He doesn't want you to get it. So he will interrupt you if you get near to that And he'll bring up your independence. He brings up your childhood. He brings up what happened to you in 2014. He brings, you know, when really we're going to go, no, no, no. I need to be doing what God's called me to do. My kingdom purpose, because I'm valuable. I have dignity. And I don't want to sabotage my fulfillment. Lord, thank you that you want to fulfill me in your house and out of your house. Can someone say a big amen? So the Bible says, why has the house of God been neglected? And I reckon it's because of a whole bunch of self-sabotages in the church all around the world. Self-sabotaging. Get your hand off the button, everybody, and say, I can't do this, but I can do that. I can be part of the prayer team. I can do that. I can do that. But just don't sabotage. And then go and gather together with all the sabotages. It's amazing how many people could call things God. But for those of us who've been really from broken backgrounds, who've sought the Lord for healing, I just look on and go, no, no, no. It's soup with the self sabotages It's Bible study with the self sabotages And I could easily be at the table. But I decided, nope. Stay firmly planted. <laughs> Stay in the big picture. Stay serving when people... Don't do what I want them to do. Stay loving when people don't want, don't do what I want. Love me back when people don't do it how I want them to do it. No, no, stay in love. Stay in stand. And down the track, you become the person God's called you to be. Everybody says, why do we need to help in the body of Christ? Why do I need to help serve? Do I? I said this last week. I'm just going to chuck a few of them out there again because people forget. What goes on in church? Here's a couple I just wrote in five seconds. You know, Before you got to church this morning, if you're wondering why we need you, somebody stepped up because you didn't. (laughs) I like my preaching. I'm going to get my own message. No. Somebody stepped up, they unlocked the doors hours before you got here. Somebody came and put that, said, you know what, I'll help in the car park, I'll help with the mums getting the babies out of cars and whatever. Somebody came and said, hey, I'll set up before you got here this morning for the welcome. Welcome teams got here on time, people opened up hours before you got to church. Hours before you got here, people were checking the technical, the lights, turning them on, the video, checking battery packs, air con, typing scriptures, turning coffee machines on, hello. Hallelujah. Making coffee, even better. Double hallelujah. Welcome team. People were getting prepped for that. People were setting up kids next door. People were setting up the creche. People were um, s- teaching the children. People were ministering to your children. People were on the ushers. People were tuning guitars. People were getting on cameras so you can see me today. And, you know, people are doing so much then you've got the pastoral team caring for you, looking out. Who do I need to love? Who do I need to talk with? Who do I need to connect with? Connect groups. And everybody's out ministering. Who can I care for? Who can I help? Who can we support today? Who can I pray with? There's so much going on, everybody. So if you don't think we need you, I'll continue with the list. Because <laughs> it's long. And God, this, this is just, a, I just wrote that in 30 seconds. But God has got so much that needs to be done so that you can be ministered to, you can be equipped, you can be built up, you can be encouraged, and then we can take it out to the world. Can someone say amen? There's a passage in Matthew that I love, and it's a passage where Jesus uh, is absolutely amazed. And you don't see him say in the Scripture much that, oh my gosh, I'm marveling at a person. But in Matthew 8, Jesus denotes somebody and says, I'm just marveling at this person. Let me read it to you. Matthew 8, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, which is like a a Roman guard, came to Him, pleading with Him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home. He's paralyzed and he's just dreadfully tormented. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion, the guard, answers and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should even come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Oh my gosh. Jesus like I'm marveling at this centurion because he's not even he's not even sa- he's like I mean, he might be I don't know if he could save them but he's a gentile and Jesus is going this guy gets it. He gets the kingdom of God. And what is he getting? He is understanding that Jesus is ministering under the authority of his father. Jesus is accountable. He's the son of God and He is ministering under the authority of His Father, and the centurion gets it and says, listen, you don't even need to come to my house. Just say the word because you're a man under authority, the authority of your Father, and I know because you're under authority and you operate even as the Son of God with accountability under authority, the miracle will be done. Everybody, God wants us to get that in His kingdom, He has placed people in positions of accountability and responsibility by the way God uses imperfect people if you're looking for a person who's perfect that you can serve and yes I can serve and I can help them listen when you find that perfect person let them fly around the ceiling and we'll all worship them they don't exist they don't exist but if you want to be used by God if you say oh I don't want to be used by God get ready for a boring Christian life because being used by God is exciting. It's fulfilling. It fulfills you from the core of you out. And, uh, and, but what we need to do is say, Lord, help me to get this. So Jesus is actually saying the greatest faith I've ever seen, and I haven't even seen this in Israel, Jesus is saying, is somebody who gets spiritual authority. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to be a person of great faith, you have to get spiritual authority. What do most Christians do? Remove any spiritual authority and they're just independent. Here I am. Some took a microphone and went and some were sent. You need to be sent and you need to be covered. And so all of us who came from broken backgrounds and abusive parent, particularly one parent, but my father being so abusive, to be doing what I'm doing today, I had to give to God the fact that God uses people. Jordy read that scripture before? Serving men as unto the Lord. It doesn't say don't serve men, remove men. It says, no, just when you serve them, do it unto me. So when I got saved, I've ended up serving two female youth leaders. Then my best friend who became the youth leader, which was disturbing because I took him to church. He got saved after me and then he became my leader. Could there be anything more annoying than that? God goes, hey, deal with this one, anyways. <laughs> so all along the way, Sue and I've been like, here we're here to help, here to help, and you know, not always the great perfect attitude, because like you were humans, and we've had like, Lord, help me now with this attitude. But I think we've ended up doing what we're doing because we've actually been saying, Lord, help us to serve the person you put there. First pastor, then the youth leader, then the youth leader, then the youth leader who was my best friend who I took to church, he got saved, no one to kill. Next person, <laughs> next person then a pastor, and then, anyway, I'm just, I think we kind of got to a place where we got used by the Lord because Sue and I just hung around. We just kept standing and staying. And like, who are we helping now? We're helping you. We're helping you. Okay, you're the leader God put there. Here's the thing. If you've got real faith, you'll be able to serve an imperfect person that God's using. If you've got real faith, you'll be able to serve an imperfect person that God is using. God is not asking for yours or my choice and who he uses. God would have had to wait till you were born then called you in for advice. <laughs> like, should I use them? I'm not sure. What do you think? We would have said, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> and God, God goes, no, I'll use who I want, thanks. And God uses that person and that person and her and her and him and him. And he says to me, Jerry, can you help them? Can you help them? And then when I hit 50, then he goes, can you fly across the country and help Wayne Alcorn? Heck no, I'm in Perth. I don't want to be doing that. That's another story for another day. You don't here's the thing, you don't graduate from serving. But some of you became Christians and graduated twenty-five years ago. I'm still a servant. So I ended up serving Wayne Alcorn, Queensland pastor, who became the national for years. Just Wayne, I'm here to help. What can I do? You don't graduate from serving. Some of us haven't graduated because we haven't started so I'm still serving. So for six years, I'm going back and forth from Perth. How can I help Wayne? Why? Because he's the one the Lord has anointed for Australia with Australian Christian churches. I'm a servant here to acknowledge, just say the word Wayne, (laughs) because God's with you. What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Pray and do, pray and do. Pray and do. By the way, I'm, I've told the last service, you know, and some of you n- know that when I started playing the London church years ago, I ended up getting a job at uh, British Film and Television BAFTA, and they trained me in silver service. I can't remember any of it now. Now I'm just a bit of a mess again. But I was doing silver service, black tuxedo, white tie, doing silver service, did it for Princess Anne twice, Sydney Portia twice, Lulu, and then a whole lot of people. I was doing dinner for, for everybody who's over 50. you remember a lot of those people <laughs> anyway, so But, you know, here's the thing, right? The Lord was trying to teach me something then from my broken background. There was a manager of the silver service and then there was a director and I would watch the manager would go like this and then I would just walk and then he'd whisper in my ear and then I'd be back to the table and then occasionally I'd think, oh my gosh, I'm getting sick of this guy because I'd just get... (laughs) And I'd be like, all right, whatever. (laughs) But I had to get my head around and go, no... He's directing excellence. He's seeing things I don't see. And I need to be responding to him and the director because this is about them, not me. And I think the Lord put me there to get detail, to get honour, to get respect, and also to learn that sometimes somebody in the kingdom may go, Jared, I need you now. Could you please do this? Wayne Alcon, Jared, <laughs> click, could you do it? Some of us... We just are so not even in our head would I ever adjust myself for somebody else. Listen, that is a lack of faith. Faith is I see beyond that person, I see beyond you to what God is doing. Actually, I had to see beyond this manager at BAFTA who has giving me the click all the time to see the bigger picture of what was happening as we did the dinner and did it well, but also that God was doing something in me through my response to his summoning of the servant. I was a servant. Everybody in the kingdom, guess what we are? Servants. There's not meant to be any sensations. There's only one sensation. His name is Jesus. The rest of us are required to step up and go, hey, now how does that work? God puts people in the leadership team, pastoral team, there's no doubt about it, who, he, who have gone through that, who have served, who have been, <laughs> who have been maybe clickable. And then God says, I'll place you there. So you will end up in your kingdom purpose when you ask the question. Ask the question. What am I meant to be doing? What am I meant to be doing? Ask the question. Ask the question. Too many of us are missing what God's got because we're assuming on it. But here's, here's another thing. As I did what I was asked to do as a Christian, and also in that job there in London, which taught me so much in detail, is that I would serve and think, well, what am I doing this for? And why am I serving this person? And then as I did it, down the track, I'd go, oh, wow, I've I've changed. And I can see something else. I can see the Lord in a new light. I didn't see Him like that. I understand the church in a new way. Wow, I'm understanding the Bible. All right, let's go. Next step, serving at a new level, new responsibility, following through, becoming a team player. Whoa, that was big. And then I'm like, wow, I think I've changed again. And I feel fulfilled. And I can't see the end result of all this, but this is cool. I don't really like the person here I'm serving at the moment, particularly. (laughs) So Lord, thanks that You're working on my attitude. That's good. I can feel this work happening. But I was seeing the Lord again, new level, understanding Christianity, new level, get in the church, take another step. Well, then I'm like, Wow. Oh, gosh, I had no clue there. Now I have a clue here. But my responsibility has grown. My service has grown. I'm clickable. And and now God's using me in another way that I never thought He would. And it's fulfilling. Everybody, you just need to take a step. And guess what that means? Trust. Trust. Trust all the broken children, all my friends, trust. And what does trust mean? Faith. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he who comes here must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you're doing that, you're diligently seeking God and his plan, and God begins to reward you. And fulfillment is one of the great things. You know, the enemy will do anything he can to distract you. You'll get you even in church, you'll get you playing on your phone in church. Some of us need to just get our phones and I don't know, throw them somewhere. He'll do anything can distract you. Because he knows if you hear something in the word, something in God's house, he's like, you might just get a call of God, you might just step up, you might just get healed. So we have to say, Lord, help us to hear. And that centurion. God is miracle because in verse 13 of chapter 8, it says, Go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed That's same hour. That, that centurion's operation of faith and trust in authority brought about a healing miracle. Your operation of faith and trust in authority will bring about what miracle in your life? What miracle in your family? What miracle in your children? I realise now that some of the miracle, some of us like, okay, let's kingdom purpose, serve here. Brought about miracles in our children. Miracles there, miracle there. What miracle is not happening? Because we're not stepping up. I want all the miracles God's got for me. Faith in those under God's authority in front of you releases the kingdom of God to move forward at every level. When we are serving and in God's kingdom purpose, we are releasing the miraculous at every level when we acknowledge God's authority over us. I think back now, just think about this, and I don't. it's not about Sue and I at all. This is just about stepping up. I'm using the stepping up example. If Sue and I didn't leave Sydney in 1992 to go to London and go, right, okay, we're going to get up. Kingdom purpose with three people, and we're going to start church. London Hillsong disappears. No one was going to Europe. No one wanted to go to Europe. We were it. Then Kiev Hillsong, which I worked in 19 times, now the pastors there and supported them. They're now ministering to all the other churches. But if we had to just set out, oh no, that's for somebody else, that is impacted. Zambia disappears now. Germany disappears now. Melbourne disappears now. And guess what? This church in Perth. Disappears. It disappears because God lets us choose. But I'm just so grateful that when I got up, Sue said to me, I get up too. And with three boys holding hands, let's go and get up. All those things disappear. And many Christians do stuff. We're just one of them. But I'm using an example that you know. But it disappears. Who is waiting to get saved? Who in your family is going to get a miracle? What's going to happen in your life and in our community if you go from here to here and say, I'm getting up? I'm getting up, my kingdom purpose. I'm going to ask what I'm meant to be doing from those who God has placed. And I'm going to begin to walk into that so I can release the church, release the kingdom. And then God says, as you build my house, I'll build yours. Everybody, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Everybody online, it's time to get up. Everybody over on the left here, it's time to get up. Everybody here, time to get up. Over on the right, it's time to get up. Over here, it's time to get up. Come on, it's time to get up and be fulfilled in your kingdom purpose. Come on, it's time. Can somebody give the Lord a cheer for His kingdom purpose for your life?